Chapter Four of Zauberlinda the Wise Witch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carol Fullerton Samsell at CloneSofLangston.com. Zauberlinda the Wise Witch by Ava Catherine Gibson. Chapter Four. Pete Pumpernickel tells about the fairies. Perhaps the pleasantest times in Annie's life on the Dakota farm were those warm summer evenings when she was seated in her little rocking chair in front of the house, where Pete had kindled a small bonfire to smoke away the mosquitoes. There, with Arabella in her arms and Silvertip dozing at her feet, dreaming of gophers and mice, Annie would listen, while Pete played beautiful tunes on his harmonica or told her wonderful stories of the Hartz Mountains and the queer witches, elves, and gnomes, who are said to make their homes in the vales and caverns of the lonely hills. These evenings were the bright spots in the life of the lonesome child. Here was the place where they all rested and talked together, after the long day's work was over, after the cows were milked and the chickens had gone to roost, and when everything looked peaceful and beautiful in the moonlight. Here her grandmother would come, still busy knitting the stockings for winter, or perhaps stirring the batter for the next morning's pancakes, yet really quite as interested in Pete's stories as Annie herself. Annie's father, too, would join them, when he happened to be at home, and would tell stories of his adventures prospecting in the Black Hills. Professor Phineas Pratt, a very learned man, who stopped with them when he came out from Massachusetts, hunting for fossils in the Badlands, would tell them about the enormous animals which had lived thousands of years before, the Glyptodon, the Pterodactyl, and others, whose entire race had vanished from the earth now, as had the giant ferns and the strange flowers and plants. The skeletons of those long-dead animals were often found in these parts, and were eagerly collected for museums of science and learning. Upon these moonlit summer evenings, when Pete played one of his old wild tunes, old Jeff and Jerry, the big farm horses, would saunter along up from their pasture, and coming as near as they possibly could to the musician, would lean their heads over the barnyard gate, point their ears forward, and would stare with all their big intelligent eyes, listening as though charmed by Pete's music. Presently Billy, the shaggy little burrow, would follow them, and after listening a moment would lift up his own shrill voice, joining in with his hee-haw, 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 as if to say, I like that, go on, go on. It was pleasant for Annie to sit there and dream, even when awake, as she watched the distant mountain peaks, while around her the June bugs bumped and boomed along the dusk, and Silvertip, waking from his doze, would leap up and try to catch them. When Pete played a certain lively tune, old Spot the brindle cow would come up from her evening meal of sweet green grass, with her awkward little calf frisking and leaping behind her, she would shake her horns and bellow, and prance so awkwardly about, excited by the music, that it would set the folks all laughing. Then Pete would take his harmonica down from his mouth and say softly, Potstausend, a cow which loves music as much as that, must have been born in Germany. Pete himself was born in Germany, in a little village near Ilsenburg, in the Hartz Mountains, close by the old city of Gosler. 
his parents were very poor so pete when he was nineteen had taken his few clothes his pipe and his harmonica made them into a tiny bundle wrapped safely in a gay cotton handkerchief and bidding parents and friends an affectionate farewell had started for america to seek his fortune after landing in new york he had come straight out to dakota where mr mclean annie's father had hired him he had been with the family now for a little over two years pete was good-natured and annie used to think him very nice-looking when dressed in his best suit on weekdays he went around in a checked gingham shirt blue overalls and an old torn straw hat but on sundays he used to wear a suit made of bright blue woolen cloth the coat was very long in the waist and was trimmed with brass buttons pete added to this the big silver watch which had come down to him from his great-grandfather then as a finishing touch he would place upon his long yellow locks his little peaked forester's hat with the heron's feather stuck jauntily at one side of it he would then take from its case his zither which he played quite as well as he did the harmonica and prepare for a pleasant sunday one sunday evening pete had been playing upon his zither a very sweet air which he said was a german song translated into english the title was over the hills and far away this tune seemed to annie very sad somehow it brought the tears to the child's eye she could not tell exactly why and it caused billy the burrow to burst into such a wild hee-hawing of grief rage and lamentation that annie trembled and drew her little chair closer to pete oh don't play that any more please she said it makes me feel so lonesome that is not a very lively tune said pete calmly over in my heart's country they believe when you play that tune it brings the little hill folks up from their homes in the caves of the mountains to listen to it are these hill folks so very little or are they as big as i am asked annie pete waited a minute loosening the strings of his zither before placing it in its case then said my cousin hedwig who lives near ilsenburg well once she saw a little hill woman my cousin said she was as big as a child three years old my gracious but she was strong hedwig saw her lift a stone so large that no strong man could lift it i wonder what they do all day in their country away down in the earth said annie well they are all miners or metal workers blacksmiths silversmiths copper and goldsmiths they hammer out beautiful swords and knives and goblets of gold and of silver all engraved with queer patterns and figures such as no man on earth can ever make so strange and so beautiful said pete yes they have a fine life down there for they are very rich and have piles of beautiful stones too for of course they know where the richest gem mines are as well as the gold mines i do wish they would take a liking to my papa and show him where to dig for pay dirt said annie but my annie said pete there are many races and people of little folks besides the little brown gnomes they always live in the mountain countries and down deep under the earth but the beautiful fairies are the pixies and the nixies the pixies live in the meadows and woods and they are very small so small that they can hide away in the flower cups at the least sign that somebody is near they are jolly little people and have their regular meeting places in the fields and forests where they come out to play and dance around in little circles in the moonlight the butterflies know them well and the bees run upon their errands and furnish them with sweets from the purest fairest flowers the nixies are water people they are not so small but are very beautiful in shape and color 
they live on the beds of rivers and streams in houses of crystal so clear that one down there can see right through them the old water nix sits on the bank and coaxes children to come to him but alas for the little girl who lets the old nix coax her to his side for he will bind her quickly with the long green ribbon he has hidden away in the willows and will draw her down to his crystal palace there to keep her prisoner for years and years away from parents and home with only the fishes and the mermaids who are the old nixie's daughters to play with i think i like the gnomes the best of all the fairy folks even if they are not very pretty said annie with a little shiver they are the most like real live people yes said pete the little hill folks have good hearts and they never forget a kindness well said annie if i am ever to learn things like lizzie may and other children some kind fairy will have to help my papa to luck pretty soon or i shall grow up so big i shall be ashamed to go to school you always talk of school my annie said pete why you go to school every day little dreamer to mother nature's wonderful school where all the flowers and birds are your teachers yes i know pete but i want to go where there are other children who can talk to me said annie ah my annie answered pete everything talks the flowers and trees talk in their own way everything has its own language ours is but the work to learn it learn to watch and listen with your eyes and ears and heart as well then you may some day understand a little of the beautiful things that nature is trying to teach you pete's big honest blue eyes were beginning to have that dreamy look in them which annie knew so well she always knew that when he looked dreamy he forgot to answer her questions and was not a very interesting companion so she bade him good night and went to put arabella in her crib that night tucked up in her little white bed annie lay awake for some time watching the moonbeams as they stole through the morning glory vine shading her window and she thought over all she had heard from pete of the silent fairy races who live all around us yet are so quiet we cannot see them then the mystery of the trapped prairie dog came to her mind and she was glad she had been able to help it for no doubt she thought it was a gnome in disguise and some day it might show her father the way to the gold mine then she would learn everything even how to dance like lizzie may for after hearing pete talk it was quite certain that all the wonderful things did not happen in cities and annie's thoughts wandered off to what professor pratt had told her about the fossils up in the badlands and the mastodons and glyptodons and pterodactyls thinking of these things annie fell asleep and dreamed a very vivid dream she thought she was down at her playhouse by the creek having a tea-party with arabella and silvertip for guests when suddenly a queer animal with webbed feet like a duck's and a big mouth like a frog's climbed up the bank from the mud of the creek and swallowed silvertip at one gulp then arabella and then began to chase annie herself around the old willow tree she awoke screaming to find marthy stubbs shaking her by the shoulder and asking her what on earth was the matter oh marthy whimpered annie i'm so glad you came that old fossil was after me it was the pterodactyl i guess it was awful terry nonsense said marthy crossly why you've waked up everybody in the house yelling like a wild indian what crazy thing won't you dream of next if i was your grandma i wouldn't ever let you look at those old books professor pratt left here with their horrid pictures such a nervous child as you are there i'll lie alongside you till morning 
if you will shut your eyes and go to sleep and sleep decent like other folks end of chapter four